0: You guys are probably wondering, what in the world am I doing up here? (laughs) I'm wondering the same. (laughs) PJ, come up here please for a second. So today we're going to do a small presentation. And today it's going to be very high level stuff. And I'm trusting God that there will be opportunity further down the line where we can get into some deep dive. When I say deep dive, I mean get into the nitty-gritty of the proper application and the steps that you need to take. But today, we'll feel like um, it's a good opportunity to just put the word out there and you know what the opportunities are available for you. So, um, just a little brief background. A few Sundays ago, pastor wanted to pray for, I think, a couple of people, it was, for jobs. And all of a sudden, we had a whole line here yeah. that tells me something is going on. Yes. Our People need got jobs. Our People need good-paying jobs. Yes. And the job market is available. Uh, there are no shortages of jobs out there. But we need to be able to properly position ourselves so we can compete in the marketplace. Okay? So that's a backdrop. Um, look in your Bible real quickly to one scripture and we get started. Psalm 16. Again, in this body, we've been hearing a lot about a grace message. Uh, We are not performance-based, but everything is already done in him. Everything is already provided and available for us in him. Psalm 16, verse 1. It says, Preserve me, O God, for indeed do I put my trust. So whatever resources you have, whatever resources I have, it's not because I work hard for them. It's because God is preserving us. Amen. Verse 5 it says, The Lord is the portion of my inheritance and of my cup and maintains my lot. I went to school and got a doctorate degree, but that's not what is maintaining my lot. It is God that is doing it. So it's not going to happen because you have all these credentials and all this education, heavy league, student loans, and all of that stuff. <laughs> It's not going to happen because of that. It's going to happen because God is the one that's doing it. All right, verse 6. The lines are falling unto me in pleasant praises. Yea, I have a godly heritage. How can I say this? It's because God is already doing what he's doing. Then, because of all of that, and because I'm walking in his grace, then the lines will fall to me unto pleasant praises. Are you guys good with all that? Good. Can we... Um. Cue the uh, slides, please. Well, let's get started. All right, PJ, you get uh, the first couple of slides. Introduction. Okay. okay. Morning, everyone.
1: Do you mind if I stay seated? something had me working till about three this morning. So, okay, I won't be lazy. I'll get up. Okay. Um, talking about finding a career in 2016, how many people know that this is not the same as getting a career in 2015, 14, 2010? In this rapidly changing world of technology, employers are looking for skills, they're looking for experience, they're looking for relevant skills to their operations. So since everything is heavily dependent on this ever-changing technology landscape, what do we do? How do we posi- position ourselves to get, a, to get better jobs, get better careers? Now first I want to tell you the difference between a job and a career. A job you just go, You're not invested in anything. You just go, you just do what they tell you to do. You get your check at the end of the pay period. A career is when you're vested in the company. You're learning something. You're improving yourself. You're growing with the organization. Now, in your career, you may not stay at the same company for very long. But as long as you're growing and you're following a particular line, that's when you have a career. So, um... A couple of things that, um, there are 10 trends that I kind of put together in, for job seekers. Um, we're going to talk about that a little bit. We're going to talk also about careers in healthcare, in technology, and in analytics. Those are three of the hardest, uh, area, uh, hardest careers you can find uh, in 2016. So the first thing I want to talk about is school versus skills learned. So, uh, this may shock you, but after your bachelor's degree, employers lay more emphasis on your skills than your education. So if you're thinking about going to graduate school and all that, I will advise you to get a job where your employer will pay for part of your graduate school. Um, Employers want to see what you know, what you've learned, Um, they want to see your experience. Now, let's talk about skills and competencies. You need to make an inventory of what skills do I have? What have I learned to do? Um, More than likely, whatever you've learned to do was not what you learned in college. In college, you got an education. You learned, but what have you learned to do? Those are your skills. Then what are your competencies? What are your abilities? For example, I'm very analytical. If you want a quick decision, I'm probably not your girl. It's not gonna happen because I'm going to ask questions. um, And those are not things I learned to do. When I go to the doctor, I have like a long list of questions that I'm going to ask the doctor. That's my competency. I'm analytical. I have to know the what, why, when, who, where. And I need to know the statistics. How many people have used this medication? What's the efficacy rate? How long am I going to be on this medication? How do you measure that it's working besides the absence of symptoms? Can you do a regression test, make sure it's not breaking anything else? I mean, all these questions I have, that's my nature, that's my competency. I'm analytical. My employer values this. Now, imagine if I was an emergency room doctor. Mm. Okay, so if you know your competencies, you know what kinds of areas that you wanna go, it's very important because you're gonna sell yourself to your employer based on your competencies. Craft a resume and adapt it for every job application. I'm not saying you should lie on your resume, but you have to adapt it. For example, if you have on your resume that, you know, um, I manage the expenses and the profits of my organization, if an employer is looking for budget experience, they won't see that initially from your resume. So you can then adapt that to say, you know, I had bottom line budget responsibility. And I'll tell you something, most companies have what you call an applicant tracking system. It's a database that every resume goes. So for one job, you may have about maybe 2,000 resumes. Now, those databases, they're programmed to pick up keywords in your resume. So I know that I've built some of them. So those keywords, you've got to adapt your resume to fit in those keywords. Where do you find the keywords? In the job description. So when you look at the job description and you see the buzzwords or the keywords that are relevant to your experience, adapt your resume. Because when the computer the computer ranks how many buzzwords or how many keywords from your resume. So if you get, for example, eleven and somebody else gets 40, your resume is <laughs> never going to get to the hiring manager. That's just the way it is. Because a recruiter cannot look at thousands of resumes. So these databases help them. So make sure you do that. Um, the next thing is retool and obtain certification. So the fact that you have a PhD hardly, does, hardly qualifies you for a job. I have PhDs who work for me. I barely finished college. I have PhDs. I have a lady who finished a PhD in economics. She earns about one third of my salary. Because she has, I have the, I went to, I studied, I, I took some courses, I retooled, I changed. I mean, what are you going to do with a degree in philosophy and math for crying out loud? Really nothing. So you've got to retool, you've got to learn, find out what is relevant in your field and adapt your learning, learn a new skill. The next thing is create and refine your online presence. Most of you think Facebook is it, but how many people have a LinkedIn profile? Okay, that's like 10% of the audience. An employer is looking to hire you. One of the first things HR does is they go to your LinkedIn profile to learn what you know, to learn what you've done. I can't tell you how many times I've seen recruiters check out my LinkedIn profile and then contact me about a job. It's very important. And secondly, clean up your Facebook profile. Clean it up. Nobody wants to see you uh, in your pre-Christ days drunk on Bourbon Street. Nobody (laughs) wants to see you know you won't get a job you know all of the days you were wasted and you know before Christ and all of that nobody wants to see that employers will basically look at that and just say okay mm, not so much this is not who we want so think about that your online presence represents who you are both to your friends and future employers Mm -hmm. the next thing is entry-level positions don't dismiss entry-level positions. If you think about it, you may be a hot shot coming from what you do, but with the new technology and the new processes and the new ways of doing things, you are you, you're at entry-level again. So when you see entry-level positions, don't discount them. You know, look at it, think about it. The first, I took an entry-level job in the year 2000, and that catapulted my career, and it's been, I've been on an upward trajectory since then. So entry level, sometimes you take a step back to go forward. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. Um, location. Sometimes you, get a, you see a position and it's in Florida or it's in New York or wherever it is. Don't discount it. Sometimes employers will, if they really want you and they have a, an office in your city, they may move your position to that office. Also, there's a lot of virtual work. You can work from home. There are positions where they will allow you to work from home and come to the office once a month. Or they, um, The nature of employment is really fluid now. You're not tied to one location. So because a job says it's in New York, doesn't, don't discount it. You may be able to craft a deal for yourself that, you might, that they might have you working where you are. Also, is relocation such a bad thing? If you think about where you are in life, If you are the primary breadwinner, maybe your family can follow your career, why not? Whether you're male or female doesn't matter. So think about it, look at these things, and prayerfully consider how God would have you consider these positions. Okay. Prepare for informal screening conversations. Anybody who's gotten a job in recent times, you know the first thing they do is a phone screening. That's the first way, that's how they weed out like 90% of people, so prepare for that. That's your gateway into the company. Make your first impression. Um, some employers may want to meet at a Starbucks or somewhere, but make sure that whatever interaction that you have, the, f- your, the first impression usually carries you through even until they employ you. Finally, improve your communication skills. I want to tell you a funny story. I, 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 I thought I was a. I think I'm a really good communicator, but. Um, one of the partners at my job said people were not understanding me. And I'm like, people? So, and this went on for a while. And and so I said, look, listen, if you're talking about my accent, I've had it for a few decades. It's not going anywhere. (laughs) And I'm like, no. And you know, this affected my performance so much that this gentleman said, you know, you know what? You need to get a voice coach. And I thought, you know, English is my first language. What an insult. But, you know, on second thoughts, I'm like, there's nothing, that I can, there's nothing that I can learn that will be wasted. I mean, that was the best $1,500 I ever spent. I got a voice coach, went through it. Now, I run six meetings a week effortlessly. I've, I've learned. I didn't think I could learn anything about communication, but I did. So there's always room for improvement. Improve the, don't worry about the accent. The accent is not going to hold you back. I have colleagues from different parts of the world. I, could, I can hardly understand them, but they're doing, they're doing great work. Um, so don't worry about your accent, but you need to improve your communication. Communication uh, happens when the person you're communicating with understands what you say and understands your intent as well and also verbal communication as well. So there there are um, there are different ways of communicating. You need to learn that. And finally, embrace change. If I can leave anything with you, that's the most important thing I can tell you. Embrace change. The world is changing. Things are changing. If you're standing still, things will go past you. So there are opportunities ahead if you just think about it, if you embrace change. Your children tell you all the time. You see it out there. The fact that you have a college degree is not enough to make you employable. Think about how to change your, your career and change your skills.
0: Thank you. Thank PJ. Thank you. So uh, let me just echo a couple of things she said. It's a changing landscape. Uh, This is 2016. Uh, If you're looking for a job today, you're not going to use the same approach you used 10 years ago. One thing. Another thing, um, in my generation, our parents told us, well, when you go to school, go get a degree in pharmacy, in medicine, engineering, all of those professional-type degrees. Well, 2016, all of those things is going out the door. I'm not saying don't get education. What I'm saying is that particular degree is not necessarily what's going um, to make it for you. And I'll give you several examples as we, as we go through. So uh, we've identified certain hot fields, I call them, such as healthcare, technology, analytics, and automation. So let me start with um, careers in healthcare. It used to be. 10, 15, 20 years ago, if you're an immigrant, you come to the United States. The first thing you want to do is get a nursing degree. That was good then, but not so much right now. (laughs) And I'll tell you why. (laughs) She's laughing. So the old landscape is changing. We need to be adaptive. We need to be flexible. And we also need to be creative. There are certain industries out there now that the jobs Like, for example, um, I work in drug development, okay? So we help pharmaceutical companies come up with new drugs for different malignancies. Now, we can't find enough people in my line of field. We have jobs that go for months and months. Nobody can fill them because we can't find candidates. And these pays are not peanuts either. They are paying them six figures and up. So you can make a physician's salary and don't have to get $250,000 in student loans. So you've got to be creative in your thinking. Um, You've got to have that paradigm shift. So um, there's nothing wrong with nursing, because you can start with nursing and build a foundation and go do something else. And go do nurse anesthesiology, for example. And go use that nursing foundation to get into drug development. And when I talk about drug development, a lot of people have heard the term CRAs. Those are the clinical research associates. Well, that's not all you can do in drug development. You have drug safety, you have pharmacovigilance, you have medical affairs, you have clinical team managers, you have project ma- You have all kinds of areas open up to you. But peop- my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. If you're not exposed to certain things, you have no idea Uh, what opportunities are available to you out there. So that is why we're having this session, so we can throw out the net, so we can give you guys some information, and there will be some follow-up workshops later. PJ was talking about communication. A lot of us have certain, we don't understand certain corporate America etiquette. For example, communication, you're on a teleconference meeting, and you really, you've never had nobody's ever told you how to run a teleconference or how to even attend one. So you got people talking with their phone not on mute, all kinds of things like that. Um, Those are key things that you need to learn that will help you. Plus you want to be sure that when you're communicating, the people you're talking to, they understand what you're saying, and because you give somebody some instructions, they don't understand what you're saying, they're not going to do what you told them to do. And when it comes time for a performance review, your performance review will suck because they're gonna think you suck but the problem is you just can't communicate um, another thing is email etiquette so let's say you uh, you get a chain email you need to understand when do you reply all and when do you just reply to the sender those are the things those little little things those intangibles are very critical in uh, <laughs> in determining how successful you'll be in that career. Um, another thing is the medical assistant. Yes, you can start from there and work your way up the ladder to other things. Um, there are just so many avenues available out there that we need to be, number one, informed, and number two, we need to be creative enough uh, to be able, uh, as well as flexible, to, uh, to adapt to the changing landscape we have. Another area is the um, uh, EMR analyst. If you agree with me, we are going digital now. So all of the hospitals are using EMRs, electronic medical records. And there's a program called EPIC that's out there. Some of you guys are already familiar with EPIC. EPIC is a program that's helping these hospitals to implement these electronic medical records. There are tons of jobs in EPIC. And let me tell you, A friend of mine just got a job in EPIC um, last month. He has no bachelor's degree. He's never done this before. His first gig they sent him to Pittsburgh, UPMC, University of Pittsburgh Medical Center for 26 days. They paid him $45 an hour. He's never done this before. He called me yesterday. He has finished that project and they're rolling him over to Alabama and now they're going to pay him $50 an hour for another 30 days. So there are things available out there, but we need to, number one, look out for information, and then once we get the information, we need to be able to equip ourselves so we can compete in the uh, landscape we have. The next slide talks about careers in technology. That's another big, big, big boat. Um, In technology, you have things such as building databases, you have your database uh, administration, You have your project managers. The term project manager does not necessarily apply to technology. It applies to all of the uh, phases. You can use that in construction, Um, you can use that in uh, drug development, Um, you can use that in um, aviation, you can use that in whatever your industry is. So just because you hear the term project manager, don't think, oh my goodness, I need to learn how to code. You don't necessarily need to learn how to code. Our project manage programs at work, but I'm not technical. So when I started my journey, I went to school to be a chiropractor, and I drove a FedEx truck for 12 years. And then one day, the light bulb finally went up. Dude, you're wasting your life. Why are you doing this to your family? So I had to equip myself and get out of that FedEx rot and go to do something else. Okay. But I, I had an encounter before I had to do that. But I, I'm putting it out there. Don't limit your days of small beginning or where you are today. You can always move up. You can always attain. You can always make progress. Again, one thing um, I, I missed, uh, failed to mention regarding when I was talking about the CRAs, a lot of people are getting into that field now but there are other things they also are not looking at in the same industry. It's called data management, okay? You have the guys that build the databases for what the CRAs use. So why don't you do that? Because the CRAs, they are road warriors. They travel a lot. So if your lifestyle will not let you travel like that, you can say, you know what, I don't want to be a road warrior. I'm not going to be going on Mondays and coming on Thursdays or Fridays. What about my family life? I wanna do something else. Well, you can do um, clinical data management. You work from home, you're in your PJs all day long and with a cup of coffee, come on. So there are things out there. We just wanna make uh, this information available to, um, to, you, to you guys. You have your business analyst, you have your systems analyst, you have your QA folks. And God has been so good to us in this body. We have resources in house. Um, I don't want to mention names, but you guys know yourselves. Um, In your different areas, let's make ourselves available to help our fellow brothers and sisters that may need help. Um, You know, because it takes a village to raise up a child. And we are one community. So let's make ourselves available. We... um, We are talking to Pastor Bank and we are hoping to be able to put some time, set some time aside and have a workshop, a practical workshop where we will have resources in-house that will help us with things such as communication, Pete, already mentioned. How do you even craft your resume that way you're going to get some responses? You don't want to send out thousands of resumes and nobody ever calls you. That can be very frustrating for anyone. But if your resume doesn't have what they are looking for, why should they even bother? So uh, we want to make sure that our efforts are not in vain, and that way we um, can have a good future for ourselves and our family. We are a uh, mission-based church. We have mission trips coming up every now and then, and the announcement goes out, but people are not signing up. They are not signing up because some people will say, well. I can't afford $3,000 to go to Thailand. Why should I do that? I need to pay my mortgage. Well, maybe if you have enough resources or disposable income, then you don't have to write 10,000 letters to people begging them for money. You can commit to God, say, you know what? I'll promise to go on a mission trip once a year once you make the resources available. Why don't you try that and see if God will not make a way? That is what I've done in my life. I go on one or two a year and I've promised God and I've asked God that I am not going to beg for money and it makes the resources available every single time. It's not failed yet and it's not going to fail. So let's challenge God, let's challenge ourselves, and um, with God, all things are possible. The appendix section. I don't want to run up too much time. The appendix section pretty much tells you what is available out out there. Right now, there's 514,000-plus healthcare-related jobs that go unfilled, and about 375,000-plus technology jobs. It's not that the jobs are not available. It's just, uh, do you have the right skill set? And again, like Pastor said, we are on a journey. The journey is so we can equip ourselves, so we can bring resources in-house and train us so we can have the right skill set that we need to get to where we need to go. That's all we've got to share today. Do you guys have any questions?
2: since October, end of last month, I mean, last week of October, until uh, now. I know something is cooking, I, and I believe. I just want to say everything that you guys share. Because of my experience, everything is true. It's absolutely true. The market is different. The uh, trend is different. The opportunity is different. Uh, for me, uh, what PJ said, there is a difference between career and a job. We have to distinguish ourselves. Which one do we want? I want a career or I want a job. And I'm on the path of wanting a career right now. That's why it's taking a little bit longer. And I know when time comes on, it will come through. But my question, I have three questions that I've written down here. Actually, it's more than three. Um, (laughs) Maybe I will answer everybody's question. I will ask everybody's question. The first one is to PJ. When you were talking about resume, And you said, um, we have to crop the resume to fit the job. Now, you learned that uh, put your resume on monster, on this, on that, so that it can be picked. It has worked for me. I have got many um, screen, uh, phone call, like you said. However, what I wanted to ask you on that question is, do you crop every time that you see a job opportunity and change it and post it or yes. How do you address that?
1: Yes. So
2: so the one that you have on the monster, do you post another one or what? I'm not sure how that works.
1: I, I, I don't have my resume on monster. Okay. The reason is because you don't know who's serious, you don't know who is not. Okay. I prefer to search. And something Indeed. very important that we did not say was networking is so very important. Key. That's key to getting a job these days. It's the people you know who are working at a company mm-hmm. or who know somebody. Absolutely. That's how I got probably the last three positions I had. So networking is key. You don't get you don't get jobs from the job boards you seldom do these days because for everyone that's out there there are five other five thousand other people looking at it Mm -hmm. and sometimes a recruiter sees a job that a company has posted and is trying to find candidates with the hope that that the company will select them and pay them for the candidate but the company is already doing that and the company also has recruiters that they're working with so on monster and um, indeed, indeed. Yeah. indeed.com et cetera dice.com i would go i would rather go to specific career job sites like a job site that's looking for medical folks mm-hmm. like medzilla.com a job site that's looking for it folks like dice.com i would look at the positions and i would initiate a call or an email to find out the to gauge the level of seriousness of the recruiter. But again, the best thing is networking. That's the best way to get a job.
0: Uh, and, Sister Bissar, on the heels of that, if you already, or anybody in the audience, if you've already posted your webs, uh, your resume on this website, pull it down. Okay. Let me give you a story. A friend of mine, um, she put her resume on Indeed and asked me to submit her somewhere and I know some people there submitted out there, and the director that was supposed to hire said, hmm, I've seen this resume before. So there may be a similar resume out there. You don't want your information just floating in cyberspace. And another thing is because you may need to go back and tweak things, you have to be creative these mm-hmm. days. So if they've already, they already have your information, and then you come back, you say, they, they won't take you seriously. And I believe
2: what you said last. I really yeah. do believe that because I applied for a job yeah. and they, uh, with one recruiter and another recruiter, call, and they said, well, oh, they, re- they reject your offer because they already have your application. Yes. So, so I believe that what you said. My second question is um, I think this one is also to PJ. When you are talking about communication, you know, some interviews now that I have participated in. Uh, and us being, having an accent they are now video interview and voice interview and I'm speaking, I'm speaking to the machine, (laughs) none of that that I've been able to have success because it's a video and it's one of them, I mean one or two is a voice, the accent is definitely going to come out
1: and they don't call you back unless They they are satisfied Everybody are hearing. The accent is not the problem. Did they understand what you said? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think they do. I, so, I, you, <laughs> I, I, honestly, I mean, we work with people from different countries, mm-hmm. and their accents are terrible. It's so difficult to understand them. We work. We work with people for whom English was, they're not native English speakers, they translate from their language to English before they speak. So the, the important thing is the articulation, the clarity. Are you forming your words correctly? Are they understanding the words that you use? I I remember saying to somebody that, you know, when I was so annoyed about when they were talking about my communication skills, mm-hmm. and I said, Look, I have never spoken any word here that's not in the English lexicon. <laughs> and they said, The who? <laughs> so, we, we have to, you have to make sure your, your audience understands, and it is more difficult when it's a conference call or a Skype interview. You've got to make sure that you articulate, and, and, and there are classes, you know, we don't need to be embarrassed about these things, we don't need to be ashamed about these things. Clearly the accent is not going away, so walk around it, and, and, and if, they don't under- if they don't call you back because they don't understand, or they understand someone else better and they've moved on. So
2: that's I, I the that's, that's the case for me, uh, because if I have a phone screening, I don't have any problem. I'm going to go to the office. It's the video and the voice. Uh, but like you said, invest in yourself. Invest in your communication skill. I, I really do agree with you. Now, my third question is to Kunle, when you are talking about the research, I have applied to research, which is, I'm completely getting out of bedside. I don't care what anybody say. I am not doing bedside anymore. I'm done. But my question is, some of the research companies, they don't want to hire you if you don't have experience. How do you move past that without an experience and when you get into this, this field?
0: Again. Uh, you already have the foundation which you have your uh, nursing and your medical terminology mm-hmm. you already have all of those which will work out to your advantage now you need to figure out a way to be creative enough in developing that resume that will catch their interest and we can talk about that offline
2: okay we will definitely talk about that one offline
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and my last
0: question
2: <laughs> because I mean is absolutely correct The CRA is there; is plenty, but they will not take you if you don't have uh, an experience. So it may be the way that uh, the resume, like you all said, needs to be cultivated to uh, accept that, but at the same time, we have to be mindful that they do check uh, to make sure that you are saying the right thing. And my last question is also for uh, Brother Aquile. Epic classes, is there a class that you can do before you apply for certification? Is there a certification class or something like that?
0: Well, EPIC is the only institution that does certification. Mm -hmm. It is very, very difficult to get EPIC certified. However, having said that, you can still work in EPIC without the certification. Mm -hmm. The guy I just shared his story Mm -hmm. just started last month. He didn't even have a bachelor's degree. Um, Somebody trained him. I have the information. If you're interested, I'll share with I'm you. I'm very interested in it. The, the, downside, the downside of that is there's something for everyone. Yes. OK? Epic, they may send you out on a project for 30 days nonstop. You're not coming home for 30 days. It includes Saturdays days. and Sundays. Yes. So if you can't work with that, then you're, it's not for you. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so, but it's available. Yeah.
2: yeah. And all so my questions that I, uh, I put down here, but I just want to add one more thing to everything that you that you, you all have said. Good tool; it is a very strong and powerful tool for those of us that are out there looking for something. However, when you get dead in one, use this as an opportunity to to brush it up yourself. What went wrong in that interview that you were denied? How can you uh, improve? Because doing most of the ones that I've been through, that I know that I'm supposed to get, and they say no, I kind of like think. Say what's going on. So I just want to leave us with that. Uh, use every no or denier as a tool to brushing up yourself.
3: Any more questions? I, you're asking all the questions. You are. I just want to add something. I think the information you gave today were very powerful. I'm not in the job market anyway. But what I've experienced is, don't look for quick fix. If you don't have a skill, you need to develop a skill. Uh, I remember when IT came, a lot of people move into some quick fix things. And if you don't have the solid background to sustain it, because you have to sustain the skill that you acquire for you to move away. And that's why I hear the echo of career versus job. Because if one wants to have a career, I've not been in the job market over 10 years. It's my skill that is sustaining me. And that is the only way you can sustain yourself. If you look for quick fix, the money's good, it can be good, but the need in the market is just for now. And then the technology change again, you are out of luck. Because you don't have no background, you are only specified one narrow skill, and there are a lot of jobs. My wife was telling me she works at Emory, the, and she said there is a job that pays more than doctor. And I said, what is the oh, yeah. job? Lots of them. Yes, <laughs> anesthesiology technician gets close to one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. I was shocked. And when she was putting the budget together, and I said, whoa, an technician makes an internal, internal medicine doctor. Unbelievable. And there are tons and tons of do- those things like that. Like he said, knowledge is power. Um, you know, I've, about the assent that he mentioned, I remember the first time I moved into management, they, talk, they said I talked too fast. Yes, because I go into board meetings, and I do presentation, and they will tell me I talk too fast. It's nothing about who I am, and the Jewish guy pulled me aside. He said, you need to go and improve on your communication. Talk slowly so that they can hear you. And you'll be honest, I've been on different board, board meetings, and I've never heard that again. I have a thick accent but I know <laughs> when to speak. It is true. We, we can't change it. We can't change it. And some of these people are not familiar with people like me. Yeah. Let's be honest with ourselves. They don't talk to us. They don't meet us. They have no relationship with us. They've never met us. They just hear about foreigners. They don't deal with us. And when you talk and they don't hear you, it's not an insult. They just don't hear you. Because we, most of us, we talk too fast. And instead, you might have what they want, and if they can't hear you, they just knock you out because they have thousands of people that they have they, they can get. You'll be surprised. A it's, small it's job that pays little this day, you see people who have PhDs, who have master's, and now applying for it. That's just what the job market is. It's terrible out there. We are competing with the whole world. And the whole world, some of them are extremely qualified, but... We have to stand out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. Thank you.
4: Hello. Okay. I just want to um, emphasize the importance of mentoring in this um, process. Because I have a lot of mentors around here in this church and outside the church as well. And um, I've had a lot of jobs. And getting a job is very easy for me. I get apply and I get the job, apply, I get the job, but career, I've not had a career all these years of, of working, uh, as you define how careers are, you're you invested in the, in the company, I haven't had that. And so, um, when I just started trying to get in, in to get a career, I, um, I spoke to Sister Grigio, she's here on the stage here, so I'm gonna use her as my um, example of the career of a mentor that I have. She, um, she was proposing that we should both um, come together and act as mentors to some people. And I thought, really me, mentor anybody? I don't even have a career. How am I gonna mentor anybody, you know? So I said, I need mentoring, because I'm, I'm on the process, in the process of applying for a um, uh, career right now. And she said she was gonna help me out with that. And that's how we started talking over the phone, whatever time she has available, and she mentors me, tells me um, what kind of interview questions to expect. You know, she's in a different field from me, but there are some standard questions that you, you, you can expect when you um, are going for an interview. So, step by step, holding my hand, walking with me through, I've moved beyond the first step of my interview right now, and I'm working towards the second one. I just sent her uh, a text uh, a few days ago and told her but they will advance to the next step, and so we need to talk again, and um, <laughs> <laughs> So Amen. I just encourage you, if you are looking for a career job,
5: get an incredible mentor that will walk you through the process. Amen. Praise the Lord.
0: Hallelujah.
5: I think... Uh, Really do appreciate both of you. I think it was a well, long expected talk for everybody. And um, I'm not really looking for a job, but I've had my children have kind of had some kind of slowdown, but God is doing good. On our behalf. Now, um, I want to, you know, agree with you on the start. I want to agree with you on the starting level because the job I'm doing right now, I had to take a pay cut and uh, because, and again, it was kind of a bold walk-in. I believe, maybe in my profession, I believe in that. And I just want to advise those of you that are in that area. Sometimes the employers want to see you bold, walk-in, And that was what I did. I never knew the manager, I didn't know nobody. I just got there and I requested to see the manager. And I walked into the place, and behold, he turned out to be somebody I knew. And that was a shock. (laughs) He was like, what are you doing here? I said, I'm job hunting, so you must be joking. But anyway, we went past that. Finally, at the end, it took a long while because they had a long list of applicants. And where I am right now, in my profession, I know it's where any of us want to work because it's a lot of good things over there. But then, finally, I got a job. They said they're taking a low pay cut. I'm like, I'm much more than that. Why would I do that? But the guy said, trust me, take that job. He told me he did the same thing, and now he's almost Far beyond where he expected to be, and that's what has been happening. So it's a good advice to take a pay cut sometimes, and also to start from the beginning. Then one other thing in my profession is certification. Just like you said, having your BSN and everything, it's not a guarantee because there are so many certifications in the medical field now, too many that when you apply. And a lot of people have this thing, lying down so long that (laughs) nobody even looks at your own. So that's a very good advice. And it's not only even in the medical field. I tell my kids in the finance and other area, I say there are lots of certification. The fact that you have an MBA, you have a whatever, it's not a guarantee. You need to have certifications because that's what the employers are looking at. Now, I have a question. Is it okay... When you put an application to call the employer, I mean, like, because some people say, oh, if you don't call, they say you are not a serious person, that those people that keep calling and calling, they see them as people who really want the job, who will be willing to do anything or go any length. Is that true?
0: The way I will address that is in the interview process, I will ask them, so what's the next step? What shall I expect? They will tell you, "Okay." you hear from us in about maybe a week or whatever. If it's been a week and you don't hear anything, if you're going through a recruiter, you can put a call to a recruiter because you're looking for a feedback. Um, that is okay. But what is not okay is to keep calling them on a weekly basis or on a daily basis. You're wearing them out. They don't want that. But you can put a one-time call because you're looking for feedback. Um, it could be a feedback that will help you prepare for the next interview. So there's always a, a silver lining to that. You will gain something, but I won't call them every day up. One call is fine.
5: Okay. Another question. I know this is not you talked about. If one is kind of thinking of having like starting off like a business, being on your own, what is it in the market you think is a good area to go into?
0: That's a very, very good question. Um, again, I'll speak from my experience. Uh, because of what I do now, I have my own consulting. And I've, it was a bold step. I took a bold step before I knew it. Somebody gave me a, a contract for almost half a million dollars. Um, so you've got to have certain skills. And based on those skills, then you can build on those skills. Okay. Um, You can't, I can't say go and do XYZ because I don't know what your passion is. So only you can tell what you have a passion for and once you determine that niche that you have, then you can go out there and set up something for that, to cater to that niche. Prayerfully of course.
1: (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) I, I just wanted to add that, that to your passion, you also need to prayerfully consider. You need to ask God, because I have a passion for cooking, but to me, it's a labor of love. I, I don't know that I could cook wholesale. For, I could open up a restaurant um, unless God actually tells me to. So I think the element of prayer and looking at what you're good at, your skills, your competencies, your passion, that's critical.
4: Question, uh, more like a well, question. Like everybody knows, I came into this country. I went into healthcare, and you know, now I'm not a
2: practitioner. And every
4: time I tell my husband, you know, I really want to do that project, it's always discouraging me. <laughs> but my passion
2: <laughs> is there. Because is it wrong <laughs> to have two careers? I mean, what's the passion again? I it. I've always wanted to go into project, and if I, I think. I think okay. maybe because it's project
0: time. But really, I want more pain, so. This, I can address that. Is it wrong? <laughs> it's things that just healthcare,
4: and i like, I can still do healthcare, still to do healthcare. Okay.
0: Umi, and still For me, and I understand what you're saying, um, because I do work in project management. That's what I do. But I have a doctorate degree, so you can do both.
3: <laughs> <This is crazy. laughs> um,
6: I want to say something. I, I lead um, recruitment for my company, so I totally agree with everything that you guys are saying. And when it comes to communication and it comes to interview process and all those things, we have an accent, all of us. But we hire people from India who really <laughs> <laughs> you can't understand <laughs> what it's saying. Yeah. You're like, yeah. You can't hear it. yeah. Communication is about feedback. When you are interviewing somebody, it is an interaction. You have to make sure that the person you are talking to understand what you're saying. And you can get instant feedback on the way you respond to the question. Excellent and question. there is nothing wrong with you asking a question while you're interviewing somebody. Because you are talking to that person. You're trying to get to know more about the company, more about the position, and more about the skill set that they're looking for. The way you are talking to the person will let them know exactly what it is that they're looking for. And for people posting their resume online, that's just, I mean, to say the least it's lazy. You cannot go online and post your resume on Monster and wait for them to to check it. (laughs) This is the internet. Everybody here spends time on Facebook and all those things. What happened to your picture when you posted here? You can find it in 10,000 different sites because somebody can take it and put it somewhere else. The same thing happened with your resume. When you post it on Monsters, you have 10,000 recruiters, they can come and take it. But <laughs> what you don't understand about companies is when we post a job out, now a recruiter can come and take the job. When they submit your application, we assign an application number with that name on it. So if you send me your resume now, have a database and look. If that resume is already submitted, I cannot accept that again because exactly. it's already in there. Yeah. If they recruiter recruited to your resume without your permission, or they send you an email and you responded to that email without knowing that, okay, there's something new for this job, you already submitted to a company where you didn't actually get the time to polish your resume to fit the description of the job. It is about the skill sets. When you look at your resume and you look at the position that is being advertised, To me, and in my experience, we hire people who have a drive. We understand that not everybody, you can have a bachelor's degree in art, but you want to do something else. It is about what is the drive that is behind you. How it is, I'm pursuing you, junior interview, to know that, okay, you know what? You may not have the correct skill sets right now, but I know that with time, with you coming into this job, you can apply yourself to be better. I give that person a job any day without somebody who comes and says, "Okay, you know, I've done this a million times." Because guess what? I don't I don't feel the, the draft that they're bringing in the market to me. But somebody who has a teachable spirit, which means they are willing to learn, they're willing to do above and beyond. Nine out of ten times, we always give them a position. But it is about learning yourself first, understanding the skill set that you have, and being able to be honest because. Guess what, when you're interviewing with somebody, looking for somebody, they know that you don't have the skill set, mm-hmm. because there are some key questions that I will ask you, and I will know from the back that the way you answer that question, if you have been doing this for such amount of time that it is written on your resume, you will know exactly what words you used to answer. But you didn't use them, because you just learned this and you're trying to understand, okay, this is how we say it, but it's not. But it is really just about putting yourself out. And also, when it comes to video conferencing, all this is it's about etiquette. It's about how do you present yourself? Do you dress normally? Because Mm it's sky is visual. (laughs) It's about how (laughs) you're seeing yourself. So when you're on a conference call, you don't have to just jump on the first conference call and say, okay, I'm going to jump in this (laughs) conversation with somebody. You have people, use resources. Okay, I have a phone interview tomorrow. I've not done this before. Can I call you? i ask you some questions. Let's interact and see exactly what is is happening. Also, don't schedule interviews, phone interviews, when you're driving. When you do, <laughs> because the other person over there knows exactly what you're doing. They don't take you seriously, Okay, if you're driving and you schedule an interview for 3 o'clock and you happen to be on your way home, it is very, I, mean, I know when you're looking for a job, you have to urge, okay, you know what, I don't want to miss this. The recruiter look for your resume. First of all, the reason why they call you or the person in the company, they call you because they like something specific about that resume. So it is okay for you to say, okay, Will you give me 10 minutes so that I can drive home because I, I thought that you were going to be on time, but I don't need to traffic. It's simple. They can say, okay, let's call you for tomorrow. That does not count against you. But the fact that you're looking for a job, you are in the mood, okay, you know what, if I don't take this call right now, it's my last chance. No, it's not. <laughs> it is about understanding. That, having that patience to know that, okay, you know what, let me get in a calm environment where I can control myself and speak slowly when you talk to the person. Everybody says something. Even this, I mean, you, when you the first time I got into a meeting in the board meeting with my company, it was a shocker for me because I thought that I spoke English. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, can, I mean, I, I can actually myself, but after five minutes, the CEO was like, Pierre, you really need to slow down. I was like, I don't think I speak fast because I thought all of you Americans speak faster than I. i like, no, bro. you speak way faster than me. <laughs> So I'm, I had to learn, I had to have the voice go to work and listen not okay, calm down, explain things slowly, talk slowly, talking slowly doesn't mean that oh, you don't know what you're talking about, it's about that confidence in your voice. that okay, you know how to explain things better, you just lay it out for everybody, so that's what I'd say. Last one, oh, oh, oh. last one. Good afternoon, I'm standing
5: up to say it. <laughs> I just want to say thank you for all this information that I've received. Me being a graduate in May, I'm really excited to get into the business market. But my question is more towards the certifications. For each of the fields you mentioned, I wanted to know what are the certifications you would suggest for an applicant that's just getting an undergraduate degree?
1: Um, it depends on what you want to do. A um, couple of things that I did, I went to, several years ago, I went to an academy for a particular software called SAP. I spent six weeks in Canada, took an exam that lasted like eight hours, and got certified in that. It's This was about 2000, it's almost redundant now, not quite. <laughs> but I, I, I also have done a project management certification, uh, so I, I got what they call the PMP from the Project Management Institute. I also have the Risk Management Certification, the RMP. These are all, you know, you take classes, you take an exam, you know, if you don't pass, you do it again, stuff like that. So those are certifications that can carry me through any industry. Um, But it's particularly important in the technology industry that, that I currently work in, but it's relevant everywhere. So it depends on what you want to do. If you want to go into finance, there are, There are different finance uh, accreditations. If you want to go into accounting, there are different ones. If you want to go into banking, so it depends on the industry that you want to work in, your primary uh, primary focus, what, what that sector is. There are always going to be certifications in any sector, but you just need to look at what you want to do. And there's no sense in getting a certification for a job, get a certification for your career.
7: Amen. Praise
1: God. Wow.
7: You know, this is my very first time of hearing my brother present this. My very first time. Uh, But I knew he had it in him. And it was just so amazing to see the flow. And PJ, you are created for this. Definitely. Definitely. And my delight and my pleasure today is in knowing both of them. At the beginning I told you that success is a journey not a destination. I know when this guy came to the United States I saw him go to chiropractic school. I saw him drive the FedEx truck and I remember the day when he said I'm going to make a change and he was willing to put the investment down because he didn't mention this. PJ mentioned it a little bit but it cost him good money to make that transition. And that's where many of you are. You are stuck in a dead-end job that you hate. You're cursing God and man every day when you go there. (laughs) But you are not willing to invest in your future. And you are complaining about where you are. I remember when he did it. And I was asking him, are you sure about this thing? He paid the money, went through the training, and was mentored in the process of making the, the transition. And the rest is history. I cannot tell you what blessing this man's family has been to me and my wife and the ministry over the, over the, over the years. I mean, every other week he puts a check in my hand. True story. I just got one this morning. Hallelujah.
2: <laughs> I'm
7: not talking about cheap change. No. Good money. And when I asked him to do this, I didn't know that was coming. But I'm just, I'm just sharing with you. Listen, I'm very transparent and I'm telling you that what God has done for them, he good for you. Shall I start with PJ? We just went to Miami to do a training there she, by herself, wrote the check for the entire budget. Well, she's looking at me funny. I'm sorry. I'm tired of all these testimonies I can share. <laughs> Amen. But like Kunle, I remember the first day she came to the ministry. I can tell you exactly where she was working. Paychecks. Payroll processing company. Amen. But it is a journey. She didn't get stuck there. You just heard what she said. Pay good money for good training. She told you, she, 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 she said, I think she mentioned that she, she almost don't have a college education, didn't finish college or something like that, to that effect. But you couldn't tell that now? I mean, confidently, with no sweat, wrote a check for $3,100, go and train them in Burma. I'd like to see a day when every one of you guys can put a check like that in my hand. For the kingdom of God, and that's not the first time. I'm just telling you the most recent time. But again, I saw her go through the transition, the trainings, the the, the acquiring the, the necessary skills necessary, and now they can write big checks. Now, what God has done for them is what God wants to do for you. Oh, you guys are not you are, you are not you are not talking because God is no respect of person; It's only respect of faith. Do you trust him? Do you believe that God is able to do it? And are you willing to do what it takes when God speaks to you to get it done? So what we want to do is, if you are interested in anything they've shared, if you want to begin your journey, or perhaps you're already journeying and you want to make a change in that journey, there's going to be a sheet in the foyer at the end of the service. Stop there, put your names on it, and they're going to get with you and they're going to mentor you, talk to you, and guide you in what you need to do to make that transition. So that by the end of this year, all of you guys will be writing $3,000 checks. <laughs> now, if, 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 you, if you rob God, I'm going to send an RRS to, 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 to pursue you. <laughs> no, but seriously, I want to pray for them. I, and I want you to see yourself in them. But beyond that, I want to challenge both of them. What you guys just did this morning, you guys need to take it and develop it and do more of it. You guys need to become a resource to the body of Christ, to help others, lift them to where you are and beyond, in Jesus' name. Is that, is, is that doable? Are you guys going to do that? You agree before God, are you going to do that? Amen. I know that you guys have helped some people individually, but I'm talking now big time. I mean, I'm talking about planning and doing this on a consistent basis. Amen? Praise God. Think what will happen if half of us in this room are experiencing what you guys are experiencing. It's a game changer for the kingdom of God. Amen. And so, Father, we thank you for Kunle and PJ. We thank you for the deposit you've placed in them for this hour to help us in the body of Christ to be upgraded, to be elevated, to be what you intended for us from the very beginning. So, I thank you for your unction that's upon them that even today, you're going to begin to give them creative ideas in how they can package what you've taught them, add to it, and be a blessing to the body of Christ. Thank you that as they move forward, you are blessing them. You are prospering them. We thank you. We bless you. That through their ministry, many will be liberated from poverty in the name of Jesus. We bless and we honor you. And Lord God, what you've done for them, I pray for every man and woman in this house. My Lord and God, in Jesus' name, for as many as here right now, under the sound of my voice, that wants to begin their journey or make a change in and through their journey, God, that you embolden them, that the faith of the Son of God is quickened within them, that they make the decision to begin, that as Kunle made the change, as PJ made the change, you are making the change in them now. Thank you, Father, for great results. We are successful this year already. We thank you for the success because Jesus, you are the system for our success. We embrace you. We thank you. We honor you. In Jesus' name, and nobody said,